Grow CFO is where finance leaders grow together. Join thousands of like-minded professionals using Grow CFO to access the combined knowledge and experience of the finance leader community. You can join us today at growcfo.net. Hello and welcome to the Grow CFO show. And back with me today after a long absence from the microphone is Susanna Serrano-Davy. Hello, Susanna. Hello, Kevin. It's so nice to be again here with you today. Though around the last time that we spoke, you weren't very far into having published your book, I Wish I Had Known. I know, and I have been busy ever since that time trying to share my message and getting people to find out about it and read it, of course. So I hear it's been quite a success. Yes, it has. I can't ask for any more, but I still want more people to read it because it was written for a purpose, is to make people think. And we will put another link to that in the show notes today. Thank you, Kevin. When it comes to I wish I had known, there's a subject that I I think you've been looking at again lately, and that's you wish you had known some things about a job interview. Yes, because hindsight is is a wonderful thing. And if I look back at many of the interviews I've carried out uh, at work when I was looking for people for my team or in my company, and also some of my own attempts at preparing an interview, I now realise there's a lot of opportunities that we don't often take advantage of. Susanna, come on, tell me more. I will tell you more. So I think the who has not been to a job interview? How many job interviews, Kevin, have you gone to? Through the course How of many life. job interviews have I been to? Oh gosh, it's a long time since I last went to a job interview. But yeah, quite a few. Some of which I've got the job. Some of which I haven't got the job. It must be at least a dozen. At least a dozen. Oh, and actually, if you extrapolate that, many of the situations we find ourselves in, perhaps in a meeting with a client, with an investor, do have some things in common with job interviews. So the discussion I hope we'll have today, whilst we'll be talking about job interviews, I think can be taken much wider than that because there are things we can do to present ourselves, to position ourselves and to make sure that we are sharing the right messages at these platforms and help ourselves, not always hinder ourselves. As, as I've mentioned to you, I think I some of the mentoring I do is through a charity that helps people get back onto the job market. And the mentoring involves a role play and going through a mock interview, which I then give them uh, advice afterwards. And there are things that show up over and over and over again. And when I think back of those interviews I've carried out, I realise that this is just not something that people that perhaps are working through a charity to get a job suffer from. I have done. I have made those mistakes. And so have the people that I quite often have discarded because they probably had wonderful things to offer, but they failed to show that during the interview they had with me. Yeah, I know. You walk out of an interview either with a very good feeling or a a not very good feeling. It depends on how it goes during that time. It depends on the line of questioning you get into. And sometimes there just aren't opportunities to say say the right things. I disagree. The opportunities are there. We just need to make sure we take them, even if the interviewer doesn't ask the question you want them to ask. But being mindful and proactive. And if you walk into an interview, having thought about five things, you know, I like my numbers, mm-hmm. five things, 
and prepared appropriately, I think you've got a pretty good chance of walking out of the interview, if not with success, with the feeling that you have done your absolute best. And if you don't get that job, well, then it's not the job for you. But it's not because you have failed to to show the right side of, of yourself through the process. So let's start at the beginning. We're talking about a list of five things that you would hope that you would be able to display during the interview. But you've got to the actual interview, Susanna. How do you approach it? The first thing you need to do, in my opinion, is introduce yourself properly. And there's an exercise I do when I, I do a like a practical workshop associated with these. I get people to work in pairs and for three minutes to respond to the most commonly asked question at an interview, which is, tell me about yourself and your experience to date. So for three minutes, they do that and they record themselves. And then I ask them to use that recording to listen to what they said after what we're going to be talking about today. So people listening to this podcast, this might be a good moment to pause and just record yourself answering that question for no more than three minutes. Tell me about yourself and your experience to date. And introducing yourself properly uh, requires preparation, not just finding the almost like uh, the inspiration on the day. So how many of us have prepared those headlines, perhaps 300 words that tell the other person who we are, tells them something personal so they can empathize with us and make that personal connection that we all humans look for. Also, things that are specific examples. It's not the same to say, I have worked as a finance administrator in this company, but to say I had a finance administrator role in this company and the things I enjoyed the most were getting the reports out that month end. Or, you know, it's all about putting context and examples and real life situations that back up what you're saying about yourself. This is the first opportunity you've got to show some of those five things you want to make sure come up in the interview. Absolutely. And asking yourself, you know, I work, I like uh, working with self-reflection. And you can ask yourself things like, when I speak in this little mock-up that hopefully people will do on their mobiles, do I use positive language or do I use negative language, for example? Am I overly speaking too much? Sometimes we go on and on about detail that is not relevant. Or am I being... Constructive. I remember an example of a lady I interviewed and within 30 seconds, she'd given me three complaints that she had and she hadn't realised. She said, sometimes we have to bite our lip and be prepared with how it is that we want to introduce ourselves. So, Susanna, tell me a little bit about you and your experience to date. Kevin, you naughty man. Well, I am Susanna. Do you really want me to answer this? Yes, I do. Okay. Show us the practical. I am going to practice. I am a professional mentor and a writer. I have just published a book. I work through my career in many different types of organizations, large organizations, and very often and mostly in finance jobs. But actually, I am more than just an accountant and more than just a CFO, which is what I try to do every day. One of the things I enjoy particularly is sharing all those things I learned the hard way, using my skills as a CFO, but to help people in the next generation of CFOs to be more empowered and to be just happier within themselves. Brilliant introduction. That is I, I improvised that because I have a practice. 
that's the thing you should be able to as an individual be able to to pretty much improvise that if you think about it and that was a great improvised answer and the things that came over to me were this isn't just a list of stuff that you've done it's quite often that tell me about your experience to date you can start off and i'd say well i qualify as a chartered accountant and qualifying i moved into the chemical industry where i spent 10 years as uh, the european business accountant and ICI's plastics business before i became management and then company. people just want to jump off the you know, cliff. By, by this this point people have switched off and actually it may seem unfair but in my experience the outcome of an interview is decided within the next few minutes if you don't get that introduction across well the chances are the tone of the interview is not going to be the right tone throughout the whole session however many questions they ask you yeah, we've introduced ourselves. We've got yeah. a hopefully that introduction has sparked some conversation in a particular yeah. direction. But you talked about a, a list of five things, Susanna. Tell me a bit more about that. So the first one is prepare for your introduction and introduce yourself properly with those, all those components we have been talking about. And the second one is about making sure you show your treasures. Because we're often either embarrassed to talk about our strengths or we don't even sometimes know what our core strengths are. So it's about, in my opinion, it's about thinking, what are the core strengths that I have that are particularly useful for this job I'm going to apply for? And making sure that even if you're not asked those questions, that you find the way to tell the interviewer that you are good at those things. If sometimes we weren't sure, okay, what are my core three strengths? Just listen to the feedback people give you. Don't only focus on the negatives, but focus on hearing out what, what's the thing that you excel at. And perhaps just asking yourself, what do you really enjoy at work will tell you what it is that you're good at. You know, there's a key point here that comes over to me, Susanna, that says every interview has to be dealt with differently. Recruiter will say, send me your CV or your resume. That kind of implies straight off that you only have one. Well, actually, I'd say no. Have a different one for every job you've applied for and also approach every interview differently in terms of those treasures you want to show off. Yes, and you can use that section at the beginning that most people use now on the CVs. We have like professional headlines. So you can you can tailor those quite easily yeah. for the role that you're applying for. And now, you asked me initially about how many job interviews I've been to, but a more common scenario for me over the last 20 years as a management consultant has been talking to clients about potential assignments we're going to do. Very, very similar. You, you've put a proposal in, effectively the pitch to try and win the job. It's, it's not a lot different to a job interview, but you know, you're customizing what you're saying, not to reflect your experience. And most of us would go into that situation with a long list of experience of which 80% is probably irrelevant to the problem the client has at the moment. Exactly. So when you talk about that 80%. What is the client or the prospective employer's current problem? What's the pain point? What's causing an issue? And customize everything you say to show that you've got the solution to it. Totally agree. 
you have to identify what's in it for them. What is good about your experience and your ability to negotiate the landscape of work that will help them? And it's not about listing the companies you've been in or what jobs is is a little bit more subtle than that. But I think for me, a good starting point is understanding, do I know what my strengths are? Am I able to convey them clearly with examples, not just to say I'm good at teamwork? That means nothing. You can say I'm good at teamwork because actually in the last in the last uh, project I worked in, I was congratulated for uh, liaising really well and communicating well and working well as a team, for it, for instance. And also think about these things that are good about myself. Are they actually relevant for this job? You know, another thing that I think is important in terms of thinking of our treasures is thinking of the not the weaknesses, but what are the barriers that the interviewer might see in our CV, in our experience? Because that way we'll balance, we'll balance the scales. On one hand, don't want to just go in there, oh, look, I'm Susanna, I'm wonderful, you're going to love working with me. That may come across the wrong way. But actually doing that, but after that also thinking about what are the things that I'm missing or what are the things that might be difficult for me and also bring them onto the conversation. Because sometimes as well, interviewers have concerns that they're not going to ask you about. But if you can say, actually, I'm aware that in my experience, I don't have this particular thing that you're looking for, but then finding for ways to assure them that you're either going to train for it or there is other experience that you have that can complement that. Almost like taking your mask off, showing how good you are, but also acknowledging those areas that you may want to work on or mitigate somehow. That's actually a good point. I suppose one of the exercises you should go through before the interview is to say to yourself, well, wouldn't they give me this job? Write down half a dozen reasons that you might not be the right candidate. And then... I suppose, put a spin on those, the key ones during the interview to to bring out that mitigation, as you say. Exactly. We've got to point to show your treasures. What's next? The next one, I think, is for me, one of the most important things, one of the most important opportunities that we often tend to ignore and is demonstrate that you fit in because organizations have a sense of purpose they have a sense of identity when we join an organization it's a social system it's not just the job companies don't want just a pair of hands they want somebody that will fit in with the team that will do the work well and we must somehow find a way to assure the interviewer that we are a good fit and the easiest way for me is thinking what brings you together what interest do you have that might be a good fit with with the company. I'll give you a non-finance example. My daughter works for a chocolate brownie uh, maker, vegan chocolate brownie maker. She's a vegan. She loves chocolate. Now, if you go into a company and find something that connects you to their purpose, then quite clearly you're going to fit in. And it's very easy nowadays with companies to find out what are they proud of through social media and find those common points of interest that will make them think actually Susanna is going to enjoy working here because we have this in common. Wow yes now I'm minded of numerous conversations that I've had on this podcast about culture and everybody sharing the right culture 
Now, you're, you're walking into a, a finance job. Let's be honest here, Susanna. You're probably, the audience that's listening to us right now, you're probably talking about moving into a fairly senior, a good number of individuals working for you. Now, culture, I think, is hugely important at this point because it will already be established. Your team that you're going to take over will have a culture already. Mm-hmm. And if your own culture is different to that of your team and the wider organization, you're going to struggle no matter how good you are. Totally. And there comes the key, like the bonus question is in, it's not just by assuring them that you're going to be a good fit for the company or the team, but assuring yourself that that organization is the right fit for you. And this is the one that I think we're generally terrible at. I have carried out many interviews. And when you go to the candidate and say, do you have any questions? They struggle and they often don't ask questions. And I think that is your opportunity to check because there is information that is not publicly available. And you really ought to be finding out things like, you know, you can ask things, what challenges do the team encounter on a, on a regular basis? What stands, what makes this company stand out from the competitors or are we making profits or how, what staff turnover do we have? What leadership style does the company promote? There are lots of questions that are relevant to understanding what kind of environment you're going to walk into. And yet I put my hand up. I certainly didn't ask those questions for a very long time. And in my experience, people don't ask the questions. And, and then we tend to complain that, oh, I just got into, I, I've just come from a toxic environment. People say, I've just walked into a toxic environment. I beg your pardon? We can ask the right questions to make sure that even if you're going into a, an organization that has challenges, of course, we, they all do. And that's fine. That's the way it should be. But I think we we ought to do our homework to make sure that it's a conscious decision that we make and we are expecting something that is similar to reality rather than play the subservient and shy card at an interview and then walk into effectively a change of lifestyle because that's what it is for everyone when we change a job on the basis of not having made any proper inquiries. We talk about culture. But I think culture and values are very closely linked. So Mm -hmm. I'd be asking at this point questions about Mm -hmm. the company's values. Are the key things there? Yes. And some companies are better than others. And if it's a very vague, woolly value statement that's hanging around, I would be asking some questions that go to the next level. Yes. And how do those values translate into what's happening in the company every day because it's very easy for companies to put five wonderful values on the website the question is can you feel them do they live those values in the way they behave every day yeah and i I think it's quite legitimate to ask that question you've shown this value in your website can you tell me how that works on a day-to-day How does that translate into, yes, what's happening in the in the organization? The other one that is linked to this is extends this into business change. Because a lot of the time you're going into a senior finance job, it's because you're needed to solve some kind of problem. You'll kind of be you will likely be brought in to do something. Do something implies change. So there's a great question you can ask in there to say, okay. If you want me to do this, 
then oh, I'll have to change some things. What are the key barriers to change in this organisation? What's exactly. some similar question mm-hmm. to that? That'll tell you a lot about the organisation you're moving into. Absolutely. And even sometimes you're replacing, oh, I have found that, unfortunately, sometimes you're re- replacing a failed predecessor, somebody who before you tried to do something and failed. And our ego sometimes is very flattering to ourselves and we think, oh, we'll do it better than them. Ha! It's really useful to find out why did that person fail or what does the interviewer think was the reason why that person failed or what was missing? Because, again, that will give you a lot of clues about their expectations. Are they realistic or are they just... They, because I don't think a per, single person is at fault for everything. Normally, when something goes wrong, it takes a number of components to to mismatch. Yes. So, and and again, as you said, Kevin, when we go into a situation of turnarounds or finance transformations, I wasn't the CFO there. I was I was a number two, but I had three CFOs in one year in one of the organisations I work for. Are you really telling me that it was their fault? It was a combination of challenges that led to their failure rather than the wrong person landing on the job. This sounds rather like my uh, other podcast co-host, Graham Arrowsmith. His football team's about to appoint its third manager this season as we record this podcast. Perhaps looking in the mirror can be a very helpful exercise. Yeah, but mindset. We can't have a podcast without you talking about mindset, Susanna. No, and actually that's my fourth thing, my fourth opportunity that I wish I had known is take your ally with you because, gosh, are we harsh on ourselves. And so many interviews I have done where people were telling me how bad they were at something. It's crazy, but we do it without realising. And if we walk into an interview with the wrong mindset or even sharing imposter syndrome or our doubts or our lack of confidence with the other person, that's not going to lead to, to the right outcome. So we need to find a way to connect with our inner ally, cheering up throughout the process. And that means also be uh, practical and remind yourself the person that is interviewing you wants to give you the job. They haven't, they're not wasting their time interviewing somebody that they've already discarded. Bring yourself up and make sure that you feel through that support the confidence that you need to also share it because many roles, especially in senior finance, we confidence is part of the job. If you don't take your best ally with you into that situation, somehow that will transpire into what the other person feels and therefore their belief in your ability to deal with that difficult finance transformation with having to sometimes restructure the team or all those things that we do that are challenging they will not connect with that. And quite often, I think, especially as you know, through the work we do at Grow CFO, we support a lot of aspiring CFOs. And quite often people think, why am I not getting this role when I've got all the experience, I've got all the technical capabilities? Because a lot of it is about how you position yourself and how you almost like what you transmit in a way beyond words that is important to to be an effective leader and to get others to believe that you can do it. I'd also say if you haven't been in a real leadership position inside the office and you're going for your first finance leader role, can you bring in examples of where you've led teams and so on? 
outside of work, perhaps. Absolutely. Totally agree. And it comes back again to you, you talked about you know, that list of things that might not get you the job, the things that the other person might be worried about. If you've prepared that list properly and you've thought about, well, what can I say about if I'm asked, well, you haven't got any experience in, blah, blah, blah. If you've thought about that properly, well, that should bring the right mindset along because you've already thought about the positive answer to that. Absolutely. And we can always turn negatives into opportunities through turning it something that was a problem into a learning or finding an alternative, as you say, that will somehow fit into that missing gap that you have. So yeah. I totally agree, Kevin. Yes. And last. last but not least, choose your language carefully. You know I'm mad about language and I pay a lot of attention to language, but there are two behaviours that I have encountered through interviews that can be seen through the language we use that I think are particularly unhelpful. I would encourage people to hear themselves in that recording that hopefully they did, or if they're talking to people or even in meetings, because this happens not only at job interviews, but happens generally one behavior that you can spot through language is say, me, me, me. So many people go on to say, oh, I, I beat the record. I achieved these. I, I restructured the whole thing. I fixed everything. So ask yourself, when I speak, do I tend to speak in the singular first person or plural first person? Because if you have the tendency to only speak I in the singular you may give out the impression that you're not a team player, that you're a little bit egocentric or that you're somehow uh, fighting to shine rather than fighting to share. So that is, is very interesting and it's something that we do naturally. I don't think it's helpful to always say I or always say we. It's about understanding where's your yeah. natural tendency. I, I can say that, Susanna. I, I have personally been criticised for saying we too much but it and, and had the... The criticism level of, okay, so, but what exactly did you do in that, Kevin? Yeah, but find a balance. But yeah. to me, the, the powerful point is to acknowledging what's your natural tendency and acknowledging that actually it's better to balance. Sometimes it's I, sometimes it's we. But if you're always saying I or we're always saying we, mind that you may give out the wrong impression of an interview. So balance it to show that some of it is you, some of it's you. Absolutely. The word, it's team player. Absolutely. So that's one, one form of language. Any other forms of language? Yes, the but. <laughs> B-U-T. And what that means is watch out for making excuses. Because quite often when you're asked a question, why did you change companies so often? Or why were you dismissed? Or watch out that you're not trying to that you don't go into the defensive and make excuses. It's important to acknowledge faults and find ways to take responsibility. So, for instance, I was interviewing a, a lady a few months ago and she was uh, doing some difficult exams that she had to pass to then enter into a specific part of the civil service. And she said, yes, I studied, but I was ill and I was feeling a bit ill that day. So I failed. And that may give out the impression that you're always pushing the ball outside of your court, whereas you could say, I studied really hard. Unfortunately, I failed. So look for the opportunity 
I have changed the way in which I do my revision so that next time I've passed. So can you see the subtlety? Turn it into a positive, yes. And yes. we offer this something that, and this is probably straying a little bit away from the interview subject. There's a an overriding culture amongst people these days that whatever goes wrong in life is always somebody else's fault. What you'll find is that the more successful people will own the failure. Mm-hmm. I agree. And will recognize that it's, okay, I didn't get that. It was my fault. And therefore, I'm going to do something different. Exactly. To me, that's the gem. Picking up on whether we have a tendency to make excuses of, or to go to be defensive. And again, as I said at the beginning, this is not just for interviews. You think about many conversations that we have throughout the day or even in feedback situations. Going into the butt doesn't help. And I would I would watch out for it and avoid it if possible. Mm. So five very, very powerful points there. Number one, introduce yourself properly. You made a great example of an impromptu introduction from Susanna. Number two, show your treasures. So what are the things beforehand? What are the four or five big things you want to put across in this interview? Make sure you find opportunities to. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Don't forget that last one. Is there anything else you want to ask? That's a, a great opportunity. Also think about in your introduction, introduce yourself. Mm-hmm. You can get those treasures in there. Yeah. Culture. Number three, culture. Demonstrate you fit in. Mm-hmm. But it's not just demonstrate you fit in. Is this a place I feel comfortable working? Yes. Yes, I know I've made that mistake and moved <laughs> where I wasn't happy and left. Yes. Um, managing mindset. Take your positive mind into the interview with you. And the last one, but not least, language. Wow. Certainly some things in there I wish I'd known. I wish I'd known all of this. So that is why I sort of thought about this one day, started writing. You know, I like putting my thoughts into writing. Yeah. And actually, I have a, if you want, I can share with you and the listeners, I have an exercise on Google form that will take people through all of the questions they might want to ask themselves when they are preparing for an interview to make sure they capture all of this. Brilliant. So that's on a Google form. So we can put a yes, link in the show notes. Yes, I will notes. send you the link. Yes. Brilliant, Susanna. Yes, we will put that in the show notes. Susanna, thank you for coming back and being a brilliant guest once again on the Grow CFO Show. It's been too long since the last time. We'll not let this happen again. I know. Thank you, Kevin. I have really enjoyed it as always. And I hope that people that listen to the podcast take action and take the reins of the next interview and prepare. 